leader. Flex and Frooms. Flex and Frooms. This is the Flex and Frooms Catch-Up Podcast. You're back with Flexi and Froomey. And Flexi, a few weeks ago, I was talking to you about my migraines. Yes. Quite a touchy topic, some would say. I didn't know until then, and I do apologise. I was like a migraine um, down player. I was like, so you're getting headaches. No, they're not headaches. <laughs> a migraine denier. <laughs> yeah, migraine denier. Well, our producer Brookie has gone ahead um, and found... Procured an expert. An expert. His name is Carl... Cincinnato, and he is a migraine expert. He's actually the Director of Operations at Migraine and Headache Australia, which I think is very important, Huge. having an institute for us migraine girlies. He has actually, And they thems. And men. Pardon me, pardon me, they thems. The broader migraine community. <laughs> He's lived with migraines for 30 years. We're just going to jump straight into the chat. Here's Carl. Hello, thanks for having me. Hey, Carl, such a pleasure. Now, I'm just reading through this sheet um, and it says you're the Operations Director at Migraine and Headache Australia and you've lived with migraines for 30 years. So I think you're a good person to tell us what is the difference between migraines and headaches? Yeah, there's a lot um, There's a lot of differences between it. Um, a lot of people think that migraine is actually just a bad headache. Like We've all heard of migraine. Um, and you know, it, it's used sometimes as an excuse, usually by those that don't have migraine to, you know, to get out of things. But um, there's a lot of things that are quite different. So if you look at a, a typical tension headache, which is what 90% of the population has experienced, um, those are usually mild to moderate. With a migraine, the head pain is actually moderate to severe. And um, it can be so severe that it can cause nausea, vomiting, sensitivity to light, sound, and movement. And in fact, those things are so common that it's actually used to diagnose migraine. So if you have regular headaches that cause light sensitivity or nausea or that are interrupting your activities um, on a relatively frequent basis, then there's something like a 90% probability that that's actually migraine. You do need to go to get diagnosed, but um, there's a lot of people in Australia, um, at least half the population that have migraine, that haven't even been diagnosed yet that think they have another condition. Um, but to talk about some of the key differences, attention headache will sort of come and go. It may last 20 minutes to a couple of hours. Migraine will last four to 72 hours if not treated. And uh, attention headache is kind of just there and then it's not. It kind of self-resolves. Migraine actually has four phases to it. Um, there's a prodrome, there's an aura, there's the migraine head pain itself, and then there's a postrome. And I'm happy to talk more about those as well, if you like. Yes. Can you give us like a rundown of, let's let's use one of your migraines, for example. Can you talk us through what that looks like over a day or however long it happens to you? Yeah. So there's, there's different subtypes of migraine. I have a subtype of migraine called migraine with aura, or sometimes known as classical migraine. One of my community. And, a uh, traditional, a purist. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the original. <laughs> Sorry, keep yeah, going. <laughs> yeah, but you don't want it. I mean, you don't want any type of migraine, but um, classical migraine or, or migraine with aura um, involves something like a, it, it's called a, a visual aura and it's it, 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 it affects people in different ways. About 30% of people with migraine experience this, but typically what happens is I have a visual disruptance. And for me, it's a, they call it a scintillating scotoma. It's basically a shimmering of light or zigzag lines that start in the peripheral vision and move into your central vision in, um, in, in sort of one eye. And it's actually a brain phenomenon. It's not actually caused by the eyes. So when you close your eyes, you actually still see the, the zigzag lines. And it's kind of like um, looking up at the sun and then you kind of get 
that blurriness or that sort of you know, visual, visual sort of impairment. And then when you look away, you kind of can't quite focus or see anything just yet. It's like that, but it can last between sort of 20 and 40 minutes. Um, and that's, that's kind of the, the second phase of a migraine for me. The, the first phase that is called um, prodrome, and that can involve things like just strange kind of sensory things like um, pins and needles in the lips and nose or, or, or fingertips, like kind of in the extremities. Um, it can involve sort of tiredness, excessive yawning, even um, excessive urination has been reported in this phase of migraine. And that phase can kind of happen 24 hours before the actual attack itself. So very, very different to a typical you know, tension headache that you know, we might experience. And then you have the aura. And then after the aura um, follows the head pain. And that can be sort of moderate to severe and um, can be very debilitating for a lot of people particularly when you have sort of light sensitivity and sensitivity to sound and movement, there's not a lot you can really do. It's extremely difficult to function. And then in the final phase of a migraine attack, uh, it's called the post-drome. And that's where um, experiences vary greatly, again, within the population of people that have migraine. Some people feel just completely washed out, like you've just been beaten up or hit by a truck. Other people feel this sense of elation, like they feel really good. And it's like they've got a new lease of life. They feel better. The pain's gone and they're, they're full of energy and ready to you know, get back into things. So it's a very individual experience, but again, a very different one, the headache. Truly sounds terrifying. And I don't know why we're not telling the real tales, tales of migraine. When Brooke, our producer, and Froome described to me, it's Flex here, what the migraines were like, I said, how are you living like this day to day, especially in an environment where people are like, oh, you'll be fine. Just take some insert um, pharmaceutical um, treat here. But I, I wanted to know, I've never had a migraine before. And if we're going to be candid, and I will be candid with you, Carl, I live quite an unhealthy lifestyle. Rarely drink water, mm. preservative base. Um, if there's sugar in it, I will consume it. And yet migraines, like, I don't get them. Now, I don't know if there's a correlation, but do you know why some people get migraines and some don't? Or will I eventually evolve into being a migraine sufferer? <laughs> um, it's a great question. Um, so there's, there's two kind of reasons why people get migraine, two big reasons. One is called, uh, it's from genetics, right? So if you have a family history of it, um, if you have a certain um, combination of genes, there's no one gene that we've found that causes migraine and absolutely everyone. There is if you have hemiplegic migraine, which is a severe form of migraine, but there's not one gene. There's a, an association of different genes and they can play a role. And scientists think that that's about 50% of the, of the cause. Mm. The other 50% is, are, are these factors called um, are environmental factors. So we know that if you've had multiple concussions, um, like head injuries, if you've been in a car accident where you had whiplash or you know, even a concussion in that, um, in that incident, um, if you'd have any any form of childhood abuse, whether that's physical, emotional, sexual, um, or, or even sort of extremely um, difficult um, emotional periods, like the death of an immediate family member at a at a critical point or at any point, um, or extremely stressful situations, those can all set it off. Um, and those are what we call kind of the environmental factors, the things that happen to you whilst you're living, not just inherited. Interesting. Yeah, the hemiplegic one is the one that I had as a kid, but it's somehow gone away as I've gotten older. Do you see that with some migraine sufferers that when they hit a certain age, they disappear? Like it's crazy to me to think that now I'm 24 and they're gone. I want to change the term to migraine survivor. <laughs> if, I, if I could do that. I said sufferer initially, I'm taking it back. Survivor. 
Yeah, and a lot of, a lot of people call themselves warriors, right? Because it really is like you're waging war against this, you know, this this beast, and it, it happens on sort of two main fronts. One is the pain itself and the disruption, and that's awful, and that's that in itself is really tough. But for people that have chronic migraine, and chronic migraine is defined as 15 days or more out of the month, so more than half your life with migraine, oh um, it is it is brutal and incredibly difficult, and that. That takes a toll psychologically. It affects people's mental health. We know that people that have frequent migraine are four to six times more likely to have a mental health issue like depression or anxiety. So it, it really is, you know, for people that are migraine survivors or, or warriors, like they really are battling and they really have fought to get to, um, you know, to get to where they are. Yeah, damn. All right. Well, thank you, Carl. That's a nice summation of migraines right there for anyone listening. Um, If you're like me and you hear about migraines and your mouth starts watering because they're so disgusting, I apologise for this broadcast. (laughs) Really appreciate your time. Thank you, Carl. Thanks for having me. See you later. You've been listening to the Flex and Froome's daily podcast. For more, tune in to Cater on DAB or stream it on iHeartRadio.